Welcome to the Raindrop Corner Podcast, a chill place where creatives and real-life superheroes converge to chat it up about cool things. I'm your host, Kay, and without further ado, an ode to our guest. Bobby Kay, behold, the ballad that began with applause, foreshadowing the bold foray waiting behind steadfast flame. Ladies, gents, and those transcendent of titles, this is the tale of Bobby Kay. Bobby Kay, the comeback slayer of words and fabrics, dipped in inks of gold and bright translucence, echoing through fibers distilled in the glow of a fading reverie. Behold, human and ideology combined into the swirl of a good cocktail, no, that of a man. Oh, and what a hell of a man he is. Bobby Kay, bellowing down runways while discarding incumbent dismay, he is uplifted to a dynasty of his own making. Playful quips, but a fiery charge to negate doubt of the established. The ones that might brandish presumptuous labels, however true visionaries, arise unbothered. And so he did rise, against the crowd, against the noise, colored with jagged men and quirked brows, birthing the dissolution of the senses, leading us to the intermission of this cinematic cheer of our bard. Bobby Kay, glistening among moonlit signs and flickering lights, a phoenix, no, the goddamn starlit witty gay, connecting downtrodden ideas with daring verve, tones harmonizing and engaging octaves, bellowing, no, beckoning, an effervescent bitch slap, irradiating with the proverbial shout of, I cultivated this. You see, there's no mediocrity here, but the portrait, no, the painting of what Tuesday evening looks like, stippled in a release from bullshit and madness, places where we mostly love ourselves and dance with friends who adore fashion sense, and infectious laughs at twilight, an ecosystem of style and synergy flourishes, Bobby K, unspoken and true, because great isn't heard, it's felt. Today we have Bobby Kelly, owner of Bobby K Boutique, which you now, you had one store only in Jacksonville and then you expanded to, it was New York, right? Well, I did corporate fashion design in New York and I worked in the industry in New York for a while. And so when I moved to Jacksonville, explaining to people that I knew what I was doing was very hard and complicated because they loved the conversation that I just kind of showed up and that like I didn't know what I was doing. So... Um, so I still have a bunch of clients in New York. So when I moved here, I've always been very clear that like, I am a designer who has kind of done it all and been in a lot of different areas. And I am very proud of my room. And that's really neat to be versatile like that, because you're right. And I have not been here for too, too long. I've been here for seven years. So I guess that's like a fair amount of time, but something that I've noticed consecutively especially in areas like Springfield or Riverside or downtown even Southside in places you do really have to kind of 
you almost have to, there's steps in a long list of hoops that you have to jump through just to kind of prove that you have the skill set, you have the worth, you have to somehow form bonds with people who have things that you need, whether it's materials, whether it's just that business connection. So let me ask you, what made you move to Jacksonville from New York? Um, I was super burned out. I was super burned out of like my career and like all the stuff I had been pursuing. And I was recently married and my husband was kind of burned out of his situation. And so we came down to visit my brother who had just gotten out of the armed forces. And it was like, I had to take some time off of work to do it. And specifically it was going to be a couple of really stressful weeks for me. So when I came down to visit, I was almost like, Oh my God, what am I doing? Like, literally, what am I doing? Why am I pushing myself to this weird brink of insanity for the sake of the notoriety of living in New York? It's like really not worth it. And it was really kind of a miserable experience from in a personal way, like from a professional way, I felt very fulfilled. And I was doing what I wanted to do. But then when I got to when I came to visit, and I was like, I don't have to experience the theater of New York to like experience the lifestyle I want to live and like the livelihood I want to create for myself. So it was like, we literally went back and I told my husband, I said, if it snows one more time, this was in March. I was like, this snows one more time. We're out of here. I'm not doing this. And it was like (laughs) May 17th, I believe was the day it snowed. And I like went to work that day and I was like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and put my resignation in. I'm out of here. Uh, I cannot do this. This is a mess. Um, I want to go live somewhere where even in its coldest, it's still warmer than everywhere else. And I want to have a comfortable and like engaging career that I'm not constantly uh, worried about. Is it going to take 45 minutes to get to work today? Is it going to take two hours to get to work? Is the train frozen? Are there cabs? Uh, am I going to work 18 hours a day? Like I, I was so over it. So pretty much what drove me here. I was like, I just want to live more comfortably. When you look at New York, like on the television, or when you look at the way it's kind of romanticized. and so also glamorous. There's so much glamour to it. And then once you actually go there, it's, it's good for a certain kind of person, but it can be exhausting and draining. And it's not always sustainable over a long period of time. So there's a refreshing quirkiness in just style that you have that your boutique has and it's like it's it's also it's it's cheeky and it's honest and it's true and that's nice whether it's like the character candles that you make the t-shirts that you make the bags that you make and then there's a lot of detail in it like the fact that you make everything yourself from the pieces that you sew to the other pieces that you bring together that aren't clothing related so how did you become this person or evolve into this person? And how did you cultivate your business in the vein of yourself, which is a rare thing? So, um, like my reality was that when I first wanted to start design, um, you know, as like a young gay person, I experienced a lot of constant adversity, largely because I was in, you know, like the idea of fashion, it's kind of a gay world. And so the idea that I would just like step in would be one thing and be very easy, but it's an incredibly problematic community at large. They don't want you in if they don't know you. And the work that you have to put in is like very grueling and 
and almost like crippling to a, a degree. And then when you start doing any kind of like corporate situation, it's truly crippling because you do nothing but creative work all the time and you're not rewarded. You are treated like shit. You're talked to like you are so stupid. You cannot fathom what they're trying to explain to you. And so I had started Bobby K as kind of like my passion project when mm-hmm. I was like 21. I dro- like dropped out of school, decided I was going to do it, and uh, did it successfully. Moved to New York, got this job, kind of like pursued the career, if you will. And then um, it just really sucked the soul out of my body. I really don't know another way to explain it. It was like there was so much opportunity for me. But I found that I would I would often be stuck in situations where I had to follow an ordinance that was like really unnecessary and maybe did not work. And I was like, I have a problem with that. It's like, why don't we use new ideas? Why don't we freshen things up? Why don't we come up with like new strategies and stuff, you know, that could make money that's not necessarily, you know, we did this two years ago and it works. We're going to try it again. It's like, well, that's not, that's not necessarily like fashion. That's not very like taboo in the way that you want to provoke people's minds to think a little bit further you know so um but prior to moving and like really kind of sucking myself into that goal of mine i um sewed everything from scratch i did these really ornate weird kind of quirky dorky runway shows where i would like find a weird song that like clicked with me and i'm like okay i'm making a 46 piece collection themed around this one weird ass song by arcade fire and that's just what we're gonna do and that's just like the reality for me right so when we moved back here um i I was fortunate to connect with some other creatives who kind of felt the same way who had been burned out in that same way i just had kind of committed that i knew i always wanted to open a boutique and i knew i wanted to be able to create this like kind of whimsy that we miss in Jacksonville. Jacksonville tends to be very black and white. It's my hottest topic. It's like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, we just reward people for showing up and that's not necessarily how it works pretty much anywhere else. And so I was like, I'm opening a boutique. I'm going to commit to the idea that I can be a change maker and a tastemaker by just propelling my own personality out onto products. And then we also make sure that everything we sell is ethically produced. We make sure that like, it's not made at a sweatshop, you know, we're screen printing it ourselves, we're sewing it ourselves. You know, we're using other local vendors or other local artists to help us. I'm actually like super proud of the work we've done. We've, you know, we, we work with a lot of cool people in, in the community, help us do this kind of stuff. And we also have like such a tight knit small business community that it's great when I can like reach out to another small business and say, Hey, I have some screen printing that I need done. I can do half of it. Can you do half or vice versa? Can you embroider this? Can you print these for me instead of me having to like find somebody who's not in Jacksonville to do it? So I, I definitely will tell you that it, you know, it, it took a lot of like bravery to step out and do this. But I'm super happy we did. I could not imagine another lifestyle. My husband's my full-time employee now, which sounds crazy, but he's like the guy doing it all behind the scenes. And it's like, we're this power gay couple just making quirky gay shit and just putting it out in the universe, you know? And I love that. Gay people doing gay things. I love it. But that's awesome because it's part of the charm. And you can make sure that your message in the way you want things done is actually realized, which is a rare thing. It's very hard to find. Like, even if you do find a group of creatives, which there's there's a ton of creatives in Jacksonville now, and I feel like 
as the years pass, there's more and more creatives moving in who have really cool and unique ideas to kind of add to that black and white palette that you mentioned earlier. What kind of hoops did you have to navigate to to kind of get people in Jacksonville on board? Because I am very curious about how you were able to navigate that black and white space and cultivate such not only a wide audience, but more so a respect and a trust because I think that's really hard to get when people know that they're getting quality and they know that when you say something, you mean it. That's not something that's easy to come by. The best way to put it, and like like I said, this is not meant to be bitchy, mm-hmm. but I had to really cut the shit with people because there's a lot, like I said, we talked about like Jacksonville loves the narrative. These people who open businesses that they didn't open the business really, like their parents hired a lawyer and they opened the business. Or they talk about this business they're going to open for five years and never opens. But we're putting them on the cover of magazines that they've opened this. You know, giving them platforms that they don't have the experience to talk about yet, right? So for me, when I got here, um, there is a, a small fashion community here, but there's a lot of people in it who have no idea what they're talking about. And they will talk to you like they know what they're talking about. And they will stress to you, well, well, you know, I went to Dillard's and I bought this dress that one time. And I'm like, but what makes you qualified to know about fashion? You shop, Brenda. You went to the <laughs> store. Okay, that's what you did. So it, for me, it was about to get to the place. Because I did talk to a lot of people ahead of time. And it was a big like, don't do it. It's not worth it and all this stuff. And so I just basically had to cut the shit and they had to go. They just can't do it. People love to say negative things. They love to give you as much feedback as they can with zero expertise and zero information about what you're trying to do. If that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. People who have no bearing in the ideology that you subscribe to telling you that you will fail because when you are a gay person and especially a gay person that lived through like the late eighties, early Mm nineties, we are there for the taboo, honey. We love to sell those products. Well, for me, at least I love to make products that make people think it's almost like a quadruple entendre, if that makes sense. Yeah. So like kind of spur the creative thinking about around like, is this supposed to be edgy? Is it supposed to be gay? Is it supposed to be bitchy? <laughs> well, I don't know. What do you want it to be? It's up to you. You decide. But I had to cut the shit with people. Something else that you kind of keyed in on or you mentioned earlier is like, there's an interpretive way how people can look at your products. And I think that's like at the core of art itself. We all think controversial shit in our heads on a day-to-day basis. Whether you're Brenda with the minivan or shopping or whatever you're doing. Plus Brenda. Plus Brenda. But I just... She's like, I bought my daughter rainbow socks. Everybody's going to know I'm an ally. (laughs) Think again. Think again, sis. But you're right. Yeah, I think that like part of the narrative in Jacksonville, like as a small business owner is... We have so many faux experts that as soon as you kind of part that red tie of this falsity, it's almost like you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. You're like, oh, okay, that's what's happening. This is how this works for me. And I'm curious too, because you've you've always struck me as a really straightforward person. Have you always been that person? I kind of hit this wall at my late teens where I was like, this is what you're going to get. Because, you know, I grew up in a way that... Um, problematic traumatic you know i think as gay youth you tend to always feel that way in most cases and i just got to a place where i was like i need to just honesty is kind of the only policy in my book like you've got to just cut the shit with people and be really honest i would much rather 
somebody tell me straight to my face like exactly what's happening versus this kind of like patting me on the back, rubbing my head, fakeness. And I think when I was younger, that was very consistent. It was like, oh, you'll grow out of it. Oh, you'll, you know, you won't want to be a designer when you're older. This is just a phase type deal. And it was like, that's so offensive to me as a child. I'm like, what do you mean? This is like my passion. Why would I want to turn this in to be something that I'm telling you I don't want to be, you know? So honesty is my only policy. I'll tell you exactly how I feel. And if you don't want to hear it, you probably should steer, steer clear. But I'll tell you with a sense of empathy, I feel like that's something we lack constantly and our society and just the way we treat people is you just go into if you went at everything with a sense of empathy you would probably have a lot less trigger points and a lot less infighting and stuff like that like and i'm definitely not like like singling a type of person out but i see the way people conduct themselves and i always say to myself first like what brought them to this place or why do they feel this way specifically mm-hmm. and then kind of assess my reaction in that way Somebody said something to me once and it's kind of always stuck out. You can be the person that makes the most noise or you can be the person that sits at the table and like helps create a sense of change. And there was a clear distinction between like just because you sit at the table doesn't mean that you can't be frank and you can't be honest. You can do a combination of both, but you can be that person that's able to look at things responsibly instead of reactive and if you are reactive do it in a way that is very calculated and I feel like sometimes people associate the word calculated with something that's sneaky when in essence you're just kind of you're thinking through the situation that you're presented with so 100% you have to be because we we're not the only people on the planet we got to share the space with everybody but I choose to always take the road where I can show you and explain to you the way that I feel. And I'm going to listen to you with empathy on the way you feel. But we do have to meet a middle ground, whether you like it or not. Because we're naturally, most humans are very self-serving. There's less space involved when you have to think about just yourself and you don't have to think about the external components of it. And a lot of times it's, it's almost a sense of cowardice to not think about the big picture because you're not willing to look outside of yourselves and something about you that really attracts me to who you are as a professional who you are as a business person it seems like you have a secret love for teaching you expressed that there's a lot of people that don't know how to start a business and they don't have the tools to do so what advice would you give to budding business owners and people who maybe don't know quite how to find their footing. I would say that my best advice, if I could redo this again, I would say go with respect to somebody who's seemingly doing what you're doing, offer to buy them a coffee, sit down with them, just pick their brain. Because I wish I had kind of done that. I would sit down with somebody who you respect, that you trust, that you maybe even patron their business regularly and say like, how would, how did you do this? And how do you walk through this? That would be my hundred percent advice. Um, don't get on Instagram and start digging for people who have, and you like their ideas because then you end up emulating it without realizing it. People do that all the time. You know, take the time to really like take your voice and apply it to the logic that you know. And then it kind of is like a cake. It's like you put all in, you stir it up and you bake it and you're like, ta-da, well, this is what it is, you know? And 
does this seem palatable to people? If not, then maybe this isn't what you're supposed to be doing. Maybe you can find a reserve role in another business that you can be very helpful in. From my point of view, I think what you do is important. Not in a cliche, oh, it's so great that you made masks for hospitals and for places both domestic and foreign, because that is great that you did that, but more so that you put your flair on it and you make people think. And I think that there's a kind of sincerity that goes into what you do. How do you create the styles that you create? My process is usually started by stress. I know something has <laughs> to happen. Fair. And then I apply it to things that are creative to me, whatever the current thing I'm currently interested in. Like I'm very inspired right now, largely due to my husband's family's obsession with Bad Bunny. I have now also <laughs> developed an obsession with Bad Bunny. And so for me, fashion is like your own outward personal expression uh, through apparel. And some people are really fashion forward and, you know, they, or like when I say fashion forward, like they really put like a lot of thought into every outfit. From the creative perspective, if you just take your inner workings and kind of flesh it out, take it as a skeleton and then flesh it out based on your personal interests, your world around you. I know a lot of, you know, a lot of the women I, I work with I and mean, I, you know, hang out with or spend my time with are not like, I want to wear a skin tight dress. So I don't really do skin tight dresses. So They're kind of uncomfortable one, after a while. You know, it's like, but if you see a lot of designers that's like 90%. There's like kind of a percentage you should follow when you do collections. Mm -hmm. There is, and I know, I know designers who will like stick to this, you know, a hundred percent where it's like 75% is possibly wearable. 15% is not wearable. And then the other percent is basically garbage that is so taped and glued on to a human being. <laughs> there is no way it would ever be more. And so I have definitely gotten to this place where I want to make sure that every person who identifies with a garment feels comfortable looking at it and wearing it. And I'm not feeling obligated to argue that my creative persona essentially is challenging the way somebody chooses to exist. As somebody who has had to make a, a clothing item for almost every version of a human being, I understand the psychological trauma that goes in when you pick up something and it doesn't work, or it's not necessarily, I don't want to say like works for you, but it just makes them feel bad. I don't want people to feel bad. I don't want somebody to pick up something I made and say like, I wish this worked. I wish I could do this. We'll, I'm going to make something that you're going to say, shit, he did it. That's kind of the vibe that I got when I looked at your, your fashion and your clothing. It's something that somebody can feel comfortable in. It looks breathable. The color palettes are nice. The wording is engaging. It makes you think when you look at it. I do um, want to loop back to what you said. So you have to break down what the hell is 15% not wearable? Define what that means. Oh, it's like pasties and a tampon. <laughs> and you know a tampon. About, like, it's like just shit nobody would ever wear on the street. It's gotcha. like editorial exclusively like... This is great for a photo shoot. Mm -hmm. This is great in a magazine. No human being is ever going to wear this. Okay, that makes sense. Because I was like, I've seen some things that look very unwearable. But I needed, <laughs> I needed I a mean, designer to tell me what that meant. 
for them. I've definitely been in more than one conversation where there's a welder. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why is there a welder present for this bra? May I ask? You mentioned multiple times in the conversation that you were inspired by music. Whether it's you creating a collection based off of it or it influencing other avenues of what you do. Is there like a particular song out there? That you would love to create a collection for that you haven't done yet? I don't, I don't know. That's a really great question. I mean, I love a lot of music. I love almost every style of music. Mm -hmm. I'm currently obsessed with several songs that are all different genres that if I had to put them together into one pot, they would not taste good. (laughs) So, um, I, I don't know. I think like I'm really going to focus a lot more into electronic styles of music going mm-hmm. forward. And when I say that, I mean a lot of like more reggaeton, more, um, there's a lot of like just great like rap and hip hop out right now that I feel like is are underserved. There's also a lot of just like music that makes me personally dance that I can't like get enough of that I just feel like I could easily design a collection to in like two seconds mm-hmm. like if you said hi um Megan Thee Stallion's body needs a collection I could be like I need 20 minutes I need everybody to leave the room <laughs> you know what I'm saying like, well it's Megan like, Thee Stallion I so I don't blame you but when I was younger it was much more like emo like I would take like a lot more like independent you know acoustic bands and build stuff to it but it's I'm much more uh, like kind of like the trajectory I have chosen for my emotional health, usually me and my husband Mm -hmm. in this very room, I'm sitting here in the same situation (laughs) and we're like looking at each other and I'm like, I want to do a shirt that says this. I want to make a bag that says this. Or I'm like, did we have this conversation? He was sitting in the chair next to me and I was like, we like, we have been trying to get plus size into the physical retail for a year and a half. Like we had done a lot of work. We had, met with people and then one of the uh companies that we work with went out of business during covid so they couldn't do anything for us so it was it's just like it was a journey to get to this point but it's like we sit here and say like how are we the guys because bobby k is i am indeed bobby but their bobby k is kind of more of a collective between me and my husband and my inner circle of friends you know mm-hmm. uh i it was like how do we just like open this dialogue to make sure that this person is represented in our network, in our field. We want to make sure that everybody knows that in this house, we are all welcome. How do we make sure this person knows that they're welcome? And it was like, okay, well, we're going to figure it out. We're going to do it right now. And we we're here till four in the morning, sketching, writing colors down, doing all the work. You know, it's like we do the back end thought process behind it. So I'm getting like a record in the mail, like every other day. So we put it on and we're sitting in here like doing all our work and it's kind of dorky and I love it. It's not dorky. Vinyl is awesome and I I highly support it. Our parents did it. It can't be. Exactly. In the 70s and 80s, but still, you know what I'm saying? Well, with vinyl, like the sound on vinyl is very different than the sound on even a CD or a cassette tape. I almost forgot. It's been a minute. But, those plastic things we used to shove in the car. Yep, yeah, like, those things. <laughs> what is your intent for how you want to grow? Not just professionally, but personally. We definitely have kind of like mission statements that we stick by. Mm-hmm. And I think my intent is to con- continue to develop that. So like part of our 2020 plan was to 
focus on just exclusively um, working with, uh, like when we, we buy a lot of local as much as we can. And when I mean local, like we were very fortunate that we started, you know, a lot of, we had a lot of wheels happen this past year that put us in a place where we get to work with a lot of people now. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to probably hit, we may have already hit 450 boutiques that we do business with. That's awesome. Um, it's, which we're super excited. And that's just on our end. Mm-hmm. But so part of that is we buy from other boutiques to carry, or not boutiques, but other um, designers and creators to sell in our store. And so part of our 2020 strategy was that we only buy from LGBTQ, women, or people of color. And that's it. So we bring in, like, we do our back-end research into almost every single thing that comes in. Mm-hmm. We have a conversation. We get it into the store. And that was, like, our solid 2020 goal. My 2021 intention is literally to do the same thing, if not more, and figure out how I can support more, you know, marginalized communities using my privilege to express that onto them and make sure that I'm helping other people grow and develop in that way. Because we have a, you know, I specifically, I'm in an interracial gay marriage. It's like already like a hot topic for anybody who wants to talk about it. Like people bring it up constantly. I want to use my privilege on my platform to continue to make an impact in the communities. I love that. And it's important because I feel like, especially when you are younger, there's a lot of people, and you kind of mentioned this earlier when we were talking, there's a lot of people saying that you can't or kind of giving you a million reasons why you shouldn't or why you should be a doctor or a lawyer or go into the corporate world or something along those lines. And having someone like you who just the the willingness to expound your platform in such a way that spotlights people in the community, whether they fall into um, a marginalized group of any kind or whether they're a budding creator or whoever they might be. And I'm going to take a moment and just spotlight you because you did a lot of shit back in 2020. Um, every time I talked to you or every time I saw you on social media, you were up all hours of the night making masks, dealing with people not that were not first responders that felt entitled to masks, dealing with people giving you grief from all over the place. And you kind of broke your neck to represent and help a lot of people, not just in Jacksonville, but outside of Jacksonville and other states and other countries. So I just wanted to say thank you for everything that you did and that you continue oh, to do. Thanks. Um, that's important. It was a journey. <laughs> I bet it was. And honestly, I, you have more grace and patience than I do. I couldn't do it. I'll tell you, there are days when I'm just sitting on like the floor of my house with my hands in my, my head in my hands. Cause I just can't rationalize the way people choose to conduct themselves. But I, when that, when it all started going down and I realized like, Oh, I'm like a super, I'm, I can sew so fast. It's like not even funny. You know, it's like, I just got to sew some straight lines. It's not that serious. And so uh, I'm good, definitely going to shout out one of my best friends. His name is Matt Pittman. Um, he is a super great dude. Uh, I, I'll tell you, the, the day it went down, I sewed one mask. I posted it online. And I said, like, I'm going to make like a couple of these. I'll probably make like 30 of these. This is easy. And then it was like, we got a phone call from the Navy. We got a phone call from a hospital in Puerto Rico. We got a phone call from a hospital in South Africa. 
And it was just because we had the, the SEO already built into our website. People were Googling like masks. We were the first to come up. So they were, I mean, it just turned into a thing. And so from a sustainability standpoint, I'm like, okay, I'm going to sit down and figure out how I can price this to where we can pay people and donate masks at the same time. This makes the most sense. So by the time it was done, I think we had hired or like soft hired, brought in people like 14 different, they were laid off bartenders and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Got them in, taught them how to sew. And then we were able to donate, we donated almost 10,000 masks. But it was definitely a journey because we definitely woke up every single day to hate mail, death threats, uh, people pretending to be friends, threatening to come kill us. I mean, just nonstop all day long. From the time we woke up to the time we went to bed. And we were sewing from like 7 a.m. to 9 p.m., go home and work for three more hours, cutting out fabric, and then start all over again for almost three months. Wow. That's a journey. That is a journey. It sounds like a journey. And I just, ha- do you have you taken a vacation, a COVID safe vacation, or just taken time for you? Soon. It's so soon. We keep saying we're going to take a vacation. And it never is. Like, we take a day off. And, like, recently, we went to Gainesville for an overnight. And I spent the whole time talking to other makers to figure out, like, where they're at, if they need support, what can we do. Met with a cool girl who makes these, like, awesome handmade planners. Going to carry her in the shop. Met a girl who makes awesome jewelry. Going to carry her in the shop. And so it was, like, just cool it's always a cool thing but do i relax no not one bit i get in the car and i sleep for an hour and i'm like this is relaxing but so i think we have something coming up soon i'm feeling very optimistic i feel very optimistic good you need a vacation maybe five (laughs) don't i know it just don't i know but no seriously (laughs) bobby thank you so much for coming on the show and just for everybody Of course. I was, I've been wanting to talk to you for a while. I love what you do. We've tried this so many times. (laughs) We have, but it's like. like very hard to pin down. So it's like, when you were like, you want to have a podcast meeting? I was like, I can 100% commit to this. (laughs) But no, I'm glad we finally linked up. And it happened when it was supposed to. Last year was crazy for everybody. And I hope that there's a kind of calm that happens this year. Even if you are still busy. Hopefully it's a good kind of busy. Totally. And I think today is the first, today it feels like I found a pair of pants that finally fits and put them on, or like I had a weird piercing that never fit right, and now it fits right. Basically, so it's a good day. (laughs) So it's a perfect kind of day. Now, tell everybody where they can kind of find you on social media and just kind of learn more about you. My personal Instagram is Bobby K Design, and I refuse to join me in my shop so I can have a sense of personal, <laughs> you know, self-centeredness. Um, but the shop is Shop Bobby K. You can also go to shopbobbyk.com if you ever want to buy anything. Um, we're rolling out this week. I think we've got like 100 new products rolling out. Um, oh, wow. I'm like looking at boxes of product that's all behind this computer that's like really stressful to me because I'm like, <laughs> I see you. I know what you want. You want to be put on the internet. Yes, yeah, so we have a bunch of new stuff coming out. Uh, we're launching a whole new small business collection. We have tons of new goods coming in. Um, we're very fortunate that we were able, with the way that we work with other boutiques, um, they carry they carry our goods and we're very lucky about that. 
we have a couple of cool boutiques that we're going to start working with this year. We're going to expand to the UK. That's uh, awesome. Um, right now we're in Canada and some weird, we're in like every other island right now, which is cool. <laughs> Not cool this one, but that one. <laughs> but I definitely want to continue to bring attention to um, just the fact that like you can be in Jacksonville and be a super successful entrepreneur. We have a, I feel like we have a very specific opportunity as long as we have a voice and a platform to try to make our neighborhood and community a better, safer, more sustained, educated place at all times. And it's easy to do as long as you believe that, you know. It is. And there's room for everybody to eat at the end of the day. It shouldn't have to be like this arduous thing where there's there's very purposeful division instead of people just kind of coming together and you don't have to necessarily like gel with every single person, but just having that element of respect and being able to work in tandem with other people is an important aspect of having a successful business being a, being successful as an individual. So thank you. Cause it's first. Empathy first. Empathy first all the time. And it's a all message. It gets lost so much. And I'm glad that you brought it up because it you don't have to necessarily say, you don't have to placate somebody or you don't have to necessarily butter them up. You can use empathy alongside frankness. Those things can go hand in hand. Of course. But, well, thank you time and thank you for having me no absolutely thank you for coming on the show and you are always welcome back anytime you ever want to come back well next time you need to complain about something weird while drinking a glass of rosé you let me know (laughs) you'll be the first one i call thank you so much all right bye friend (laughs) bye thank you to all of our listeners out there as always you are the most beloved and make all of this magic possible the raindrop corner podcast can be found on itunes spotify soundcloud and almost all standard platforms 